Welcome to Always Listening. We are your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are Always Listening. I'm so glad that you don't have a toothache this week. <laughs> oh, man. It's the pits. <laughs> it was really like I, I went over to your house last week and you literally were like, yes, no, uh-huh, maybe yeah. later. Like yeah. pretty monosyllabic there. Yeah. I think one of the worst parts is, I mean, if you if you have an infection anywhere in your body, Part of what comes along with it's a, f- a fever, right? But it's not like a full body flu fever. Can you fix it with cowbell? No, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. But it's just a, a fever just in the side of my face that drove me crazy. I've never, I don't, I mean, I know I've had a toothache, but I don't know that I've experienced that like localized fever, but I know what you're talking about. Do some aggressive flossing and uh, you will catch a fever in your face. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, we we don't talk about infections normally here on Always Listening. What we do is we review podcasts. We bring you a different show every week on uh, Always Listening to help you find your next favorite show. Josh, what are we listening to today? Uh, today, we're going to listen to Invisibilia. Now, I know you're probably thinking, ah, another NPR show. But here's the deal. They do a really good job. Not only do they do a really good job, this show breaks our rules in several ways. First of all, we generally only review a show once they get up to about 20 episodes or so. Yes, but it has one season. It's it's a one-season show. Like Serial, which we covered with only 12 episodes. Sure. So uh, this one has, I think, 11 total episodes if you subscribe to the RSS feed. The second season is coming soon. They've been teasing it a little bit. Hey, we're, we're working on the second season. It's coming soon. But this is an interesting show about... Well, what is it about, Josh? It is about the invisible forces that influence our lives every day. This is Invisibilia. I'm Elise Spiegel. And I'm Lulu Miller. And what we do on our show is we look at invisible things. Stuff like ideas and emotions and beliefs and assumptions. And try to understand how those invisible things are shaping our lives. And today, thoughts are the invisible things we are looking at. We are a product of NPR News, and this is our our very first show. And it is worth mentioning here that we know our voices kind of sound the same. Yeah. But keep on listening and you'll learn to differentiate us. And until then, enjoy the wash. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And your hosts, as you just heard there, uh, Elise Spiegel and Lulu Miller. Yeah. Uh, now, last week you mentioned that they do a very simple thing. Yes. That you love. And and that is, they let you know they sound alike from the beginning. <laughs> and, and as most listeners should know by now, I generally listen to podcasts with crappy audio anyway, because yes. apparently Stitcher has bad audio, whatever. I have to listen really hard to know when one is narrating and then the uh, and then when that switches to the other one narrating. Yes, they're uh, they're both ladies, first of all, and uh, they are they both have uh, similarly toned voices. Yeah. It, it is it is quite difficult to tell them apart. It's a running gag in the show. I like that they acknowledge it. I agree I do. With you. Like whenever you say that off the top, it just. It frees you up from from nitpicking that. It frees you up from 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 you know f- feeling like you, you're constantly noticing this flaw in it. Um, but once that flaw is acknowledged, once that issue is acknowledged, then you're free to listen to the show as it's intended. Yeah. Uh, so how long are these shows? About an hour. Yeah. And uh, how regularly do they come out? Seasonally, <laughs> uh, they come out once a week during the season. But yeah, as you said, the season one's already out. Season and two will be coming soon. Uh, there were really, we said 11. There are 11 episodes. It was really feed. like six or yeah, seven. It's like seven. 
seven episodes, I think, yeah. of actual and there's full like content. bonus episodes that are like eight minutes long, four minutes long. Now, on always listening, we always listen to at least three episodes of the show each. But I ended up listening to all but I think one of the regular episodes, and you miss the best one in your opinion. I, I it's think, not my opinion. It is the best one. I think the the one that has the combination, the story about the dark thoughts and the and the man that was locked into his own body. Those uh, those two are the. I mean, those two stories to me are the most compelling that I heard. I think those are the scariest two. Really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into this. Uh, host likability. Let's start there, as we always do on Always Listening. Elise and Lulu, other than the fact that we can't tell them apart, what do you think of these two ladies? Uh, well, I mean, they're it's an NPR show. They're not going to put host on that are unpleasant to listen to yeah, that's very true they do have a uh they have a a way of uh going about um i don't know procuring their hosts or training their hosts i don't know what it is but they all seem like like a cool ned flanders right <laughs> like <they're, laughs> yes yes like that's a great super, way to put npr super hosts. nice but yeah. also not a dweeb. Uh, well, that is uh, it's ninety nine percent and ninety nine percent invisible is an NPR. No, it te- technically not. Now they're partnered with PRX, which I think yeah. is some branch of NPR. But you know, Roman Mars and and the rest of the PRX folks, they come from that NPR right, world. But Rosen, at least. Uh, Roman Mars does a great job, but he comes off quite curmudgeonly. <laughs> well, he is he's a des- he's a design curmudgeon, which is a whole <laughs> different kind of curmudgeon. Uh, but Alice and Lulu, first of all, I think they I love how interested they are in the topic. Topics. Like it's obvious whenever they're telling these stories, they think this is the coolest story that they've come across and they can't wait to share it. Like the enthusiasm for the storytelling is palpable. Well, and you just the way that they edit allows you to discover with them. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. The, the stories are told in, I mean, and obviously they've got a production team behind them, et cetera, et cetera. But they are. They're told in a very yeah. narrative way so that you can catch the hook and then you follow along with the story. Um, what about the production values? Um, so we've talked about offline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I brought up about um, to make it easier for our listeners to distinguish our segments to play a little music into it or out of it. And that's generally I'm against anything that's morning zoo uh, because if you don't do it right, uh, it can just be annoying. But this show does a good job of what what I'm talking about. Like when yes. they're switching subjects or, or whenever they're switching out of, okay, we're about to interview with this person. Okay, we're out of that, and we're going to talk amongst ourselves. Then we're going to. So they had the slight musical interlude that moves the the show along, but also as a trigger that lets you know that the style in which we've been doing the last three minutes is about to change. That's what I'm talking about. That I think could add value to our show if done that way. I could see that. I could see that. I don't have a good idea of what our type of music cues. to use. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the dig. Is that's more work on you because I'm not doing it. So well, if and, you don't want to do it, I'm not going to push the push the <laughs> issue. Well, it's, it's and it's not just like a little more work. It's really about like finding a musical cue that would that fits fit the tone. Yes, not yeah. the tone of our show, but also you would think you would want something that might fit along with our theme song, uh, you know, that plays it we get a snippet of it this to begin with. This sounds like an episode for, for pitch. Yeah, absolutely. We need pitch to help us pick some <laughs> uh, some musical accompaniment. Um so what about the audio quality? Uh, these ladies are in PR 
it shows. I mean, they're they're yeah. it's every bit as good as a serial as a uh, as an as a ninety nine percent invisible as far as just the sound of their their mm-hmm. voices and the recordings uh, that they share, the interviews that they share. You know, one of the things that I'm most jealous about NPR and their production staff, as far as these podcasts go, they do interviews, and yet the way that they do them, uh, and I only know this really from. Um, from 99% Invisible and from uh, Serial because they both talked about doing it this way. So they do a pre-interview often when when possible. They do a pre-interview with the subject, capture the story that they want to tell, cut that down, make sure they know exactly what they want to have said, and then they re-record it focusing on the actual parts of audio that they plan on using like to get a, a lot of work right exactly exactly so in, but but it shows and it comes across um in the show itself what about the content of the show so we, we've already mentioned this is about invisible things well and it's also so <clears throat> it's, it's it's i feel the same way about that statement as i do about 99 uh, percent invisible being kind of labeled just a design show you think that's too limiting like that was your argument oh it's about so much more than design right and this and so i guess when you i guess because invisible is is really quite broad which which is why i guess they they use it um so many things that that influence influence us uh, to us are invisible so thoughts Thoughts are invisible to us. Perception is something you can't really see, right? You can see you can see the consequences, the the actions of of perception, but perception itself you you can't see. You yeah, line, it's intangible, right? You line fifteen people up and and all dress the same way, and how you perceive what their profession would be would be wrong every time. Yes, yes. Very good point. Uh, so you, you mentioned thoughts as one of them. That was the first episode, I think, that I actually listened to. I think it's the, the first the episode. Secret, the Secret History of Thoughts. Yeah. Uh, great. So in this episode, and I I believe this was the case in every episode that I listened to, you get two stories, right? General, yeah. Yes, I believe. i think if there I was believe. an example. They'll, they'll do, um, sometimes they'll do one story, have a second story in the middle, and then and then, and then put the, a bow on the yeah. first story. Uh, so in, in this episode, though, in the Secret History history of thoughts the two stories are one about about two different men who were overcome with with dark thoughts thoughts of destruction and death about those around them like they're walking down the street they see a guy and they're like what would happen if i stabbed this guy but not just what would happen if i stabbed him they are in their mind like a vivid super real imagining of stabbing them of spilling the blood all over the the sidewalk and things like that just crazy things and then where does that come from where does it go how can they contain it etc etc the second story in that episode though focused on a guy who his family all thought that he was dead he he developed a a degenerative disease and turned effectively into a vegetable went into a coma in fact and was not in his body for a few years according to him and then eventually came back to consciousness yeah uh, worked his way out of his own body and and eventually regained even some minor motor control so that now he can communicate through a computer fascinating story and as you say a scary story too like oh my god man like like what a life this guy lived i think he says like six or seven years 
silently in his body without anyone of his family recognizing him or acknowledging that that he was actually there. Like so, that's insane. So. Generally, on most of these episodes, like I'd seen it before, right? Or I'd heard you'd seen something about, or you'd heard the story, right? So, like the the guy who uh, who's blind, uh, but but can click and kind of see the world. Oh, right? the how to noise. become Batman? Yeah, like I've seen I've seen him. It must have been a half a dozen times uh, before this episode. And I think this is the episode on on perception. Uh, yes, uh, is the how to become Batman episode, um, which is kind of like a ridiculous title for for an episode. Well, he is Batman, right? But that's that's not really what <laughs> no. The show it's is not about. how to become Batman. It's it's right. how his whole concept. This this uh, and I wish I could remember the the man's name right off the top of my head. But um, he is a blind man who rides a bicycle. Or really anything. He does, and, yeah, he does he's, anything. He's perfectly functioning. And yeah. he does that through echolocation. He says that blind people can only not see because we as a society expect them to not be able right. to see. That right. He says what he has through echolocation is every bit as good as our physical visual sight. So, so I've seen a ton of stuff on this guy, right? Uh, and I still really enjoyed that episode because – of the angle that they come at it with, right? Okay. Which is so. Why is it that he can do this and and other blind people can't? What's well, just perception? Like he didn't he didn't he didn't grow up. Uh, his his mom didn't put any limitations on him. Yeah, he fell and broke bones and got bloody noses and and stuff all the time, but. His mom didn't limit what he could do based on his sight, so he didn't feel that he had any limitations. Yes. Yeah, that's precisely it. Right? But other kids are brought up with people putting those limitations on them. Yeah. Well, you can't walk outside. Sure. You can't go over there. No, you can't make your own So that was a cool way to look at it, but it's not my favorite episode. Okay. My favorite episode is on entanglement. Uh, Are we getting into our favorite moments here? Our don't miss moments? Uh, well, this isn't – no, this isn't really a don't-miss moment. Okay. Uh, this is going to be kind of a, a tease of content. All right. Um, so this is – all the episodes are good. I've listened to all of them. This is my favorite one. And whenever you can get this sound bite out of an episode, it's just so bananas to me. So it seems like being a recluse is a reasonable solution to the problem that Amanda faces. I mean, for all of us, as we walk through the world, the feelings, thoughts of other people, they affect us, subtly leak into us. Mostly, we are not aware of those exchanges. But Amanda, neurologically, cannot avoid them. So she's hyper aware of how we are entangled with each other. What in the world is the issue? What what issue, what problem could a person have to where becoming a recluse sounds reasonable? So so this is like the one episode, I think, that I have not actually listened yeah, to. Yeah, man, it's great. Um, what is her problem? What is her condition? Um, I don't want to I don't want to give it away. All right. Fair enough. But that's the entanglement episode is what you're looking for there uh, to get into. I think the point here, and you've heard already, we've mentioned about four different episodes specifically, and we haven't even gotten to our don't miss moments yet. This is a good show. 
there's a reason we're covering it. It's a great show. Um, a really interesting stories, really well told. Just can't say enough about how well they put this one together. Can't wait for season two. So, well, and here's here's my issue with it. My big, this is the big negative of the show. So I've kind of been going through through phases and um, and storytelling and narrative type podcasts. I'm like, I'm just really into right now, uh, which is why I came across this one, started listening to it, gave it a shot. When they're done really well, as we've already talked throughout this podcast, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Just think about the amount of time to set up an interview through emails or phone calls and finding dates that work for both people. Like, that's already a pain. Um, So it's a ton of work. And I understand this about this type of storytelling. But it's still such a bummer that it's that it's seasonal and you only get six or seven episodes. Then you have to wait however long it takes. Really, really, it's however long it takes is how long you have to wait. I think this is one of those times where as great as NPR has been for podcasting, this is an example of how it sort of stinks that they're not really podcasts. They're radio shows that are that are put yeah. into podcast format because this works fine for the radio because NPR doesn't stop when Invisibilia goes off. They just put other programming on in that time slot, right? right but what I don't understand is why don't you put if you're going to put a, a show around this, right? So there's two. So so the two hosts, uh, Lulu and Alexa, Elise, Elise, man, yeah, it's Alec A. L I X is how it's spelled, but she says it every time. Elise, I'm assuming yeah. that that's yeah. I'm the dumb one. Trust no, that's me. all right. Trust me, I'm the dumb <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so you have them as a team for Invisibilia, right? And they're responsible in a year for eight episodes. Then you bring in another team, and they're responsible for another eight Invisibilia episodes. So if you have three teams. Then every week you're able to put one out because one group is working on their eight. The, that eight goes out while the other people are working on their eight. And then that eight goes out. So you never lose an episode. It seems ridiculous that these shows aren't doing something like that. Like it's – well, it's, it's especially whenever you look at th- – think th- – oh my god. As, as somebody uh, – Whoever's marketing these shows or however they're getting paid to do these shows, take Cyril for example – They've completely lost me. I don't care if I ever listen to another episode of Serial because it's been so damn long between season one and season two. They they had lightning in a bottle, and that's going to be really hard to catch the second time, and they've lost all the momentum. It's 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 dumb. Well, it is, it is bananas that, that networks or that shows – Aren't catering to their listeners like that. I was I was just about to use Serial as an example because you know they've announced season two is coming. Don't care. soon. All right. How, Se- you know what they said that a month ago. Well, it's coming. In the they fall. said that two months ago. At the we're end, not we're not mm, to the place where season one started don't yet. Care. Like in the in the calendar year, season like Serial had not launched yet. Serial launched about this time last year, like sometime late October or November. But season three is going to happen just within a few months of season two. I'm wondering if they don't have two separate teams working they just should. as you're just as you're uh, describing like all under the supervision perhaps of sarah koenig you could still have sarah as the narrator as the host quote unquote of the whole thing but, but if but you're you getting two investigative teams if you're getting two hundred thousand downloads two million downloads however many it ridiculous it yeah, was a hundred million i think now for, yeah for serial but you look at look at per episode right people are on schedules they're on timers I listen to podcasts not like I consume any other media. 
I listen to it when it's there. When it's not there, I almost forget about it. When it's not popping up, when it's not reloading, when a new show's not coming up, oh well, I'm going to move on to the one of the other 666,000 that are out there that's going to keep my attention that's going to keep my interest and it and and this is a great show i love this show and i and i think season 2 is going to be equally equally good right because of the way they do it which serial it may not be uh, but that's just because of the story. I mean, they had an amazing story the first time. Like maybe they can't can never find a story. Or that maybe great it's going to be doubly amazing, right? Yeah. But that's who who knows. Yeah, I it's going to be exciting to see where that. To one where goes. I've gotten enough of invisibilia over these six, seven, eight episodes that I I trust that what they're going to talk about next, whatever topic they choose, is going to be just as engaging. You know, I guess that's really the one knock against this show, is that there's not more of it. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. And and, and, and I can't, it doesn't, from a business standpoint, I don't understand it. Uh, So let's go to our Don't Miss Moments uh, here. I'm going to tell you my favorite favorite episode, I think, truthfully, although I loved the, the Secret History of Thoughts. The episode is called Fearless. And the main story, if not the only story in that episode, is a woman who literally does not have fear. She does not have the physiological and emotional responses that you and I do to normal stimulus. Well, fear is going to be like wisdom teeth, man. Why you say that? People are just going to start being born without it. They don't need <laughs> it. Uh, you know, that's an interesting point. Like like a pancreas and uh, yeah. uh, gallbladder and fear. Well, yeah. th- those would just be bred out of the species. Um, I don't know. Like, and and it was a fascinating. The whole episode was great, but right at the end, uh, I think it's Elise. It might be Lulu, because who knows? Uh, one of them though is sort of summing it all up though, and she effectively weighs the pros and cons of this woman's life all in one statement. It seems like such an odd bargain. If you have no fear, more terrible things will happen to you, but you don't personally experience them as terrible. If you have a lot of fear, fewer bad things are likely to happen. But it's very probable that your life is more painful to you. What's your, uh, do you have a don't miss moment? I do, and it's not from my favorite episode. Okay. So obviously my favorite episode is Entangled, or Entanglement, one of the two. Um, But it it is this... um, this lullaby that is sung at the end of one of the shows uh, that's about technology, really. Uh, and for somebody who is borderline technophobic, uh, I, it just tickled me. I must have I listened to it three times in a row. I think, too, of the time I sweated an iPod to death. The countless phone drops in toilet and dies from pee stories I have heard. If you have killed your phone by blood or drool, by all means, let me know. For is it not kind of beautiful and perfect that our most basic expulsions, precisely the thing engineered out of our digital upgrades, our pee, our sweat, our seemingly bottomless reserves of pain... Or it's kryptonite. Do you want to lie down? And you go like this? Yeah. Okay. You want to hear a little song? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a lullaby. 
I'll sing to my babies when they're tied to their chairs by their iPhone 25s when the internet runs through their bloodstreams and the Google net through their Google Glass size. This is the lullaby of the cried-to-death cell phone. It's the lullaby of the one last kryptonite when the land's all blue with the glow from our captors and our skin's all pale from forgetting to get light. Yeah, that was pretty adorable. Uh, yeah, it's great too. You think they're like? I'm, yeah, just I'm, a little taste I'm going to. Li- I want. I'm going to learn that just to be able to 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 use as a lullaby to my kid. But by the time my kid is old enough to understand uh, what I'm saying, it'll be an obsolete lullaby. <laughs> well, I don't, I, you you mean we'll already have the iPhone 27 and the, oh, it'll be the, yeah, it'll be yeah, the Google contact implants. Numbers <laughs> won't even be a thing anymore. Yeah, probably so. Um, so, Josh, are you going to keep listening to the show? Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm 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 subscribed. I'm in for every episode and especially now see you I agree with you that I wish there was more of the content on the flip side though because I have so many podcasts. It's nice to have one that I know is not going to continue to pile up. Like I listened to this and I walked away from it and now when season 2 comes back, I, I will hear some more of it and then it'll go away again. It's sort of like Game of Thrones. I love that there's 12 episodes of Game of Thrones or 10 episodes or however many, and then it's gone. And I don't have to think about Game of Thrones for a whole year. And then it can come back and I can be real excited and real focused. Sure, but again, the caveat is I don't consume podcasting like I consume other forms of media. Ah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I just I, I consume them constantly. So I, so I, I as long as there are other podcasts, I think I'm fine. Um, you got anything else to add on this show? Other than it's great and go and listen to it? No, just entanglement is bananas. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to go and I listen to that episode. I can't even wrap my, it's hard for me to wrap my, it is, it's hard to wrap my brain around something like that. Uh, let's get to a little listener feedback, why don't we? You can email us, by the way, if you want to. Uh, send us an email to alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com, or you can write on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash alwayslistening, or uh, on Twitter. You can send us a tweet at alwayspod. Uh, this came from Zach Groner on the Facebook page. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he, he's going to be so ticked off. No, he says... Uh, well, no, but I he, mean, he's like, I really do like I'm not the, like, that's not the first person to do that whenever I introduce myself. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, probably. So yeah, let's get to joke. He's heard great, before. bro. Uh, he says, are the radio style advertisements right off the top of your show permanent? They're a little off-putting for me in comparison to the usual host-read advertisements. Thanks for all the work you guys do to bring us this podcast free of charge. And I answered this on the Facebook page, but for other people who are who are wondering about this, yes, they are likely permanent. Uh, that is part of our move to Blog Talk Radio. They are dynamically inserted at the beginning of the show. And I do understand that it's different than a lot of podcasts out there. It's definitely What's different the difference than the, between a dynamic insertion and a passive insertion? Uh, I don't know that passive insertion is the, is the opposite. The uh, dynamically inserted ad means that depending upon when you download the show and from where you download the show, the ad will be different. So if you listen to the ad, if you listen to the podcast the week that it comes out, 
and you listen to it in Louisiana, you will get one ad. If you listen to it in Florida, you might get a different ad. If you listen to it a month after it comes out, you might get a different ad still. That's right, people. We know where you live. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, <laughs> Blog Talk Radio does uh, when you download. Or they at least know where you're downloading from. So, But the idea is, is this. This allows us not to worry about we don't have to sell the show. We don't have to pitch the show to anybody. It's really a fun thing. Blog Talk Radio has hooked this up. They're selling their whole ad network. Well, for you, but apparently for him, it's not a fun thing. Oh, well, I guess so. That's fine. But he still so likes don't the project, fact that we're a- There's no reason to project your feelings onto our audience. <laughs> they're bright enough. They're smart enough to come up with their own thoughts okay, and feelings. Okay, okay. Well, for me, it's, a, it's, it's cool because here's what it does. The ad is never out of date. Uh, the ad is never worthless to the advertiser and therefore – any downloads that we get, the, the small amount of revenue that we get kicked back from that ad will continue. And, and it's always worthwhile. That's that's the reason that I'm excited about it. And again, it sort of takes it off of us. The other thing that I like, it doesn't imply endorsement necessarily. You know, like when we when we do a when we do a live read. When any podcast host does a live read, don't you get the feeling, whether they're just doing it as a commercial read or whether they are, hey, I use so this. this one, so this, this funny, funny, this topic about endorsement or advertising is an episode uh, on startup. They talk about it. Yes. Um, and here's where I think it's ridiculous. Any ad that you're willing to play, to play at all, whether it's a, code re- a cold read, whether it's canned, whatever it is that you put on your show, you're endorsing. You're saying, hey, this product's okay for my listeners to listen to. Uh, yes. No, yes. I, you're right there. It is, it's all content, and we're all saying this is and worth taking And I'm not saying I in. endorse any of the advertisers, but what I do endorse is the possible kickback coming into my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one way of looking at it, I suppose. I'm a um, money grubbing America. So, so anyway, uh, we, we also though Zach, and this is the other thing, I, we want to hear your feedback on this stuff. So, like, listen, if everybody in the audience has a problem with it, let us know that. We need to know it. It doesn't mean necessarily that we'll change it anytime soon, but we, we want to at least know what you think about it. Or we could modify it. Yeah, absolutely. Right, there, because the odds are, if it's if if our listeners are having an issue with it on our show, odds are other listeners of other shows. On uh, Blog Talk Radio, are having an issue with it, and that could spur some innovation um, in advertising for us. Precisely, absolutely, what I was thinking too. Uh, this comes from Jim Cruz, and uh, this came into the email box. Always listening pod at gmail uh, This was in response to our thrilling adventure hour review. He says, mm. he says, finally, they are so good that I force myself not to listen to them until I have time to sit down with my wife without any distractions, which is usually just on road trips. So even though I've been a rabid fan, I'm still more than two years behind. When my wife heard the strands of the Adventure Hour music coming from a few rooms away while I was listening to your podcast, <laughs> she comes running in yelling, you're listening without me? Here's, here's what's That's great. Awesome. Is I also, it's become something that I listen to with my wife because she loves it. I, you know, I could not win Kelly over completely with the, completely with this. She got it a little bit. She thought it was humorous. She didn't obviously not enjoy it as much as I did, though. So she, her uh, Rachel's uh, favorite storyline is beyond belief. She loves it. Me too. Those yeah. guys are so awesome. Like that is by far my favorite part of that show. Uh, so we're glad you enjoyed that, Jim. And and as I told him in, in the email, I'm glad I finally got around to to listening to the Adventure Hour myself. Uh, all right, that is another episode of Always Listening. Uh, 
uh, you can always check us out at alwayslisteningpod.com. That's uh, the website. And uh, not only are, are we there, but our other sister shows are there as well. Check them all out, alwayslisteningpod.com. So what let me we... ask you a question. Yeah. Um, because uh, I'm going to, this, uh, this is going to kind of be a, a throwback. Uh, whenever we did the foreign language podcast. Yes. And, and, um, uh, Coffee table Spanish? Coffee break Spanish. Coffee break Spanish is the one that I um, I reviewed. Uh, one of the things they, they discussed in one of the episodes was, uh, and f- often in other languages, um, a word is either male or female. And that seems to be something that m- most English-speaking people have, like, have an issue wrapping their mind around. But you just said our sister podcast. Why aren't they our brother podcast like there's stuff in the english language all the time that we refer to as male or female just not specifically that word yeah no that's a very good point we don't like uh we don't make every word necessarily feminine like is a car male or female it's almost always female female. yeah right yeah and and probably a guitar is often female, like yeah. it's Lucille. Lucille, yeah, right. precisely. Um, yeah, no, that's a very interesting point. I'd never thought about that, but we do genderize nouns often. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, uh, what are we reviewing next week on Always Listening, Josh? Oh, I know what we're reviewing, and I've been putting it off. I still haven't even started. Really? Oh, really? Shame. I know. I know. It's terrible. Um, we're reviewing James Bonding. Yes, yes, James Bonding from Nerdist they, Industries. Okay, there's a couple of things already for me that are marks against the show. Okay. I don't like James Bond. At all? Nah. You don't like any of the movies? Uh-uh. Even the Daniel Craig nope. ones? Nope. That's a shame. I think you're going to find a lot in this podcast to like, though. Here's the second one. You know they and make this, fun of it a lot. Here's the second one, and this is hard for me to say. Okay. I'm not a big Matt Myra fan. I'm not a big Matt Myra fan either. I used to listen to Phoebe all the time with him and Scott Mosier. I did too. And I gave it up because I don't like Matt Myra very much. I don't even know <laughs> if they still do the show. I, they do it so rare. I think they still do it. They just do it very rarely. Yeah, but I'm I'm kind of on the same boat with you. And like, he used to be pretty heavy in with um, uh, the Nerdist. Yeah, uh, but he's rarely on that show anymore. I mean, he's got a lot of the stuff to do. Like, great. I'm I'm glad that guy has he's a blown ton of work up. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good on him. I can't. He. he just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, he just rubs you the wrong way. That's sort of how I f- he's, he just feels like sandpaper a little bit. I think it's whenever Boston people move to L.A. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I like Bill Simmons. Uh, so, but, but next week we will. We will be reviewing uh, the James Bonding podcast. Matt Myra and Matt Gorley are the two hosts of that one. And it's all about the James Bond series. A really cool idea. They started with Dr. No. Then they did Skyfall. Wait, Matt Gorley, is he... Is Matt Gorley on the Smodco Network with his other show, or is he on the Nerdist with his other show? I can't remember. You know, I'm always not sure boarding either. or boarding. And that's Matt Gorley's show, Always Boarding? I, I think I could be completely wrong, so mm. no one take this as Bible. I tell you what, we'll bring you that info next week. Boom. Right here on Always Listening. Until next week, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are Always Listening.
Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for Always Listening in iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash alwayslisteningpod. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, Always Listening Pod, and email the show, alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Rayburn. Um, hi everybody, it's Elise and Lulu, and we are here because... We wanted um, to test if you can tell our voices apart yet. Ready? And also... Who am I? You're Elise. No, I'm Psych. Lulu. Okay, keep going. Um, Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.